Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dyslexia Life Act Show. I'm your host, Matthew Head, and in this episode, I'm talking to Jason Flintler. He's a brand builder and has been doing this since 1996 with his own company, The Flint. He's also a writer and recently released the book From Bland to Brand that is a culmination of his experience over the years. He's a keynote speaker and supports entrepreneurs, startups, and small and medium enterprises. I will put links to Jason's company as well as some other things we talk about in the show notes, which will be available at dyslexialifehacks.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to the show, Jason. Thank you very much. I suddenly feel very nervous now. That sounds all very professional. <laughs> uh, I, I've done that intro a number of times. It was today. very smooth. It was very smooth. <laughs> well, thank you very much. <laughs> where, where I uh, thought I'd start this off is really diving into your background in graphic design and where the interest okay. of that started from. Uh, well, I, I guess the interest started when I was reading red comics. I think mm. I think that would be it. I would, was really interested in comics. I wasn't interested. I mean, I guess it was the visual side of the comics that I really enjoyed. Um, wasn't read too much to read, so that was good. Um, and I'm a very, I mean, I, I now realise I'm a very visual-led uh, person. Yes. Um, so, uh, and then from that, I would then copy those comics in terms of kind of just drawing, saying, you know, how do I, how does, how do you draw Superman or Batman or Spider-Man? Um, and that then progressed in doing my own comics and designing my own superheroes. And, and oh, then, wow. then the old, the, 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 that sounds better than it was. <laughs> um, it was kept very much in my bedroom. I didn't, it didn't, it didn't go any further than that. Um, I may have made my own costumes as well, but that, that's, that's, that's another story. Um, uh, and so, yeah, so I would do my own comics and, and that kind of led into, in, in, into school and I think most of the class kind of realised that I was the arty bloke and I was kind of I was kind of good at comics and kind of good at cartooning um, I think that I'm, I'm, I've sort of mentioned that in my book um, I kind of kind of knew where I was in the pecking order in class if you if, I mean if, you, if everyone goes back to their class they kind of kind of know where they were yeah, yeah. In, the, in that yeah, you, know, you could you could fit yourself. Okay, I was I was about number seventeen out of thirty four, whatever. But yeah, I was good at I was good at being a goalie. I was definitely good at doing art and cartoons and uh, a bit of top trumps. Everything else I wasn't that good at. <laughs> but that's probably where it started. In in those days, it was called uh, it was called commercial artist. I don't, oh. think even the, I don't even the word graphic designer. I wasn't familiar with the term graphic designer. So this is when I was, you know, this is like eight, nine, ten. So um, this is, you know, 73, 74, 75. Even at that age, I kind of wanted to be a commercial artist, w whatever that meant to an eight-year-old. Yes. And how did you then try and step through the school system to achieve um, that kind of goal? What was, did you manage to plan it out? Or was it like you stumbled into the uni course at the end of it all? <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, do, I do think that, that well, there, was, there was stumbling and a little bit direction I obviously keen on arts energy in in the O levels. I, you know, I did art. Um, mm. I did art, technical drawing, and another new o, o, new O level. Uh, the year I did it, I have no idea when. Eighty one um, was was a design O level, and that that was the first year. I know I was my year was the first people to do that. I also took art a year earlier okay. and got that. Um, I think again the school just wanted to. Do, 
see if I could. I mean, more of a reflection on the school. Obviously, the school would, could be proud of having pupils that would pass their levels a year earlier than they should. So they sort uh -huh. of tried me out on that. Um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I mean, I was I was kind of picked to do the school murals and all that sort of stuff, uh, and that character. So that, yeah, so I did that, and then come the O levels, it was kind of well, what are you going to do now? And I go, well, I, I presume I should do A levels. So I wanted to do art, technical drawing, and mm. and uh, design, and they wouldn't let you do that in, back in my day. No, you, no, you you in those days you weren't allowed to do subjects that would help each other. Because <laughs> you, you had more chance of passing. <laughs> yeah, so where is the logic in that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Well, that was in the back in the days where you didn't have school tables and you didn't have to perform. The school didn't have to perform, I guess. Um, right. So I said, no, you, can do, you can do one of those three, but you can't do all of them. Oh, so, I, okay. so I did art and they go, so what else you good at? And so I, I enjoyed physics at the time. Mm. So I took that. And my dad said, well, in case you, in case you run your own business, you might as well do business studies. And I go, you know, sounds, I can't do that. Um, so that happened. Um, and again, after that, it's like, well, what do you, what do, you do after A-levels? Well, you, you do a degree, I suppose. And so it's a bit more, it, yeah, the route was a bit more like that. It, I don't think there was a massive plan. It was just, okay, well, what next? Yeah. Um, really, that, that's kind of how it went. It turns out that to do a degree, you have to do an extra year called a foundation course, mm -hmm. uh, which I did in local um, Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth and Paul College of Art and Design. Um, at a place called Shirley Park, and that was that was just my best year in terms of it was 1984. So it's just, just it's just the greatest year ever. It is a good year. Yeah, oh, such a good year. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I did a year there, and then went to Bristol uh, Polytechnic. We didn't have universities back in the, again back in 1984. Yeah, yeah. Universities didn't do art. Did, um, so Polytechnics did all the arty crafty stuff. So. Um, did a did a degree there, so yeah, it was, it was a it, yes. I I'd like to think it was a plan, but it was a more like, well, I guess I better, I better do the next thing. Yes, yeah, I kind of enjoyed that. I'll just find the next line through to. to yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't trying to put off going to work. It's just, um, <laughs> I think, I think in those days it was it was it was deemed useful to have a degree. I'm not so sure these days. Yeah, um, so. You would have spilled out of the university with the degree in, well, in graphic, graphic design. In graphic, so it's called graphic design by that time. By that time, yes, the word commercial art right. gone. Right. By, I know it about eight, but even by, 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 I was doing no levels, it wasn't commercial art, it was still graphic design by then. Ah, yeah. okay. And then did you go straight into design work after that? Or had you, did you find a job in something else first? Uh, no, I mean, I, I did get into, into, into sort of kind of graphics. Um, uh, I think luckily for me, uh, I, I actually concentrated on trying to play with computers at, at the end of 1987, or like mm. 86, 87. Uh, a huge mainframe system in, in, in Polytechnic. I, I don't think even we, there wasn't even a Mac 2 back then. Um, so there's apricots and mainframe systems, and, li and it, it would literally take me a day to draw a circle on this computer because you, you had to type in all the coordinates or all, all the vertices ah, of, right. of the circle and you yeah, just yeah. type in going, I don't know, 0.75 that way and 1.85 that way and it, it'll do that. 
and then another half an hour to color it in or something. And then I designed typefaces on, on these computers. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, which was, yeah, I mean, in 1986, it was, it was quite, <laughs> quite leading edge. Um, and on my degree show, uh, a local company spotted those things. And I, I know it was me and, and Garfield. Um, we were the only two that were dabbling computers out of the whole of the our year. And this computer company, computer graphics company. So again, in 1987, it was, it was mm. kind of unheard of. Um, but uh, it was the start of what was called business presentation. So you got PowerPoint today. Well, back yeah. in 1987, uh, business graphics presentations were done using 35 millimeter slides. Yes, yes, um, in, in the old circle. Yeah, in the old carousel. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it. and and you reduce huge. So every you know, like a, a business AGM or something would then show their yearly projections, and they want to use pie charts and bar charts and all that sort of stuff, and some text slides and some some pictures or whatever. So this was the time where all that was now done on a computer. So we get the data in. Uh, type in the year's projections and, and then these little bar charts would appear on, on this computer. In those days, they were called, um, what were they called? Starbursts. These computers. And these were, uh, I'm not, I'm not trying to exaggerate, were a hundred thousand pounds for these computers. Um, in this company, um, there's a big processing, photographic processing company in Bristol called CPL, Color Processing Labs. And it was a little, they decided to get into that market, little company. Uh, it was me, it was a boss, Dave, and, and another Dave Bridge, who's a senior designer, and I was a junior, junior designer. And so we just uh, produced these slides. Um, and so I got to really understand those computers. And, and this was before... Photoshop and anything like that. And uh, yeah, that's how I cut my teeth on then learning that world because in, in Poly, we had learned all the traditional methods of, of graphic design. So we were, course, so yes. we didn't use computers. Yes, yes. We used drawing boards, parallel motion, rotoring pens, cow gum, bromides, um, you know, writing the words and sending them off to a typesetter who would go and set them and print it out. And then you take the typesetting back and you'd have to cut all, cut all these words out, stick them down onto paper. And then you take a big photograph of it and, uh, and then uh, uh -huh. send it off to a printer. So it was all totally analog and manual. And when we left, along with Fleet Street, who then just swapped over to from hot, met, hot metal to computers and they all they all went on strike because of it um <laughs> that was the year i left so um, it was like yeah overnight i just i had to basically learn all over again oof. um uh, you yeah. but to learn the the implements of that of that trade yes L luckily the polytechnic taught us how to use our brain and how to solve design problems yeah um we just need to use different tools to then get it printed basically yeah yeah one thing I want to get to is um, how did you find out you're dyslexic? Because it sounds like actually relearning the tools to use a computer and being computers when they were just about to become a big thing. Yeah. Do you find that give you an advantage in terms of learning that quicker? I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, as I said, I was lucky where I was, I was dabbling on the mainframe computer at, at, at Poly. Mm. And whether that gave me an, uh, an edge, certainly it enabled me to get the job. Yes. Um, so that was 
So that was really lucky because um, it wasn't, you know, that wasn't, again, I didn't plan that. <laughs> um, just, I just, yeah, and I, and, you know, talking about things like this, because I, you know, I would never, I've never had this discussion when I had that question. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think back as to why, why that, why that, why I got attracted to working on these computers. Why, why, why did that attract me? Why did I like designing typefaces on the computer rather than drawing it out? I don't know. It's an um, interesting one, the typeface stuff, because you'd think being dyslexic, the designing typefaces would either be really beneficial because the words that flip for you and are uncomfortable, yeah. you steer away from and you start designing typefaces that work for you by extension and work for everybody else. Uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, the the... the <laughs> You see, the thing that I, I will probably get into it later, but the the, mm. the the realization that there's there's something about me that's dyslexic. I mean, I'm not, I, you know, everyone has varying degrees of dyslexia, mm-hmm. so I don't know how I don't I couldn't tell you how dyslexic I am. Mm. I yeah, I don't I don't know. I know I, I now know it runs in our family, uh, and as I've said to you, you know, my, my my father was uh, was part of it was running the Dorset Dyslexia Association, my sister's dyslexic and all that was that was all discovered. With me, it was it was it wasn't it wasn't diagnosed. Um so it, it's it only I would say about yeah, I would say about ten years ago um, as you know uh, acceptance of it and, and and far more discussion about it, you go, oh well that that's that's what as happens to me, um, but you just, you just, but by, but, but, but by the time I'm forty, you've kind of learned to deal with it. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. and and it's mainly been you, you. You sort of say to yourself, "Well, you just can't spell, Jason. That's just that. But just, just accept that. You're just not good at spelling. You go fine, okay." And I, and and you and you know, I've I've realised I I not I can't I'm not very good at reading. Mm-hmm. But that, when we, again, that might mean something different to different people. And then you just, you just these, these little cogs like fill, starts all, you know, um, all filling in, you know, into place. And the jigsaw piece comes together and you go, oh, that's why I prefer comics than books. Oh, that's why I can't <laughs> read that. That's why I can't spell. Uh, blah, blah. And you did these all things slowly dawned on me over the past sort of 15 to 10 years. It was a bit weird. So, um, but I, but, I'm I'm really fascinated with language. Right. Um, oh, yeah. I, I love wordplay, and that's very separate to okay. Every now and then, there's a word that I go, I, I I don't know what that says, or my wife will go, "Can you not see that you spelt that wrong?" And I'm going, "Nope, nope. It looks fine to me. Mm. I can't see any other way of spelling that. Um, or it looked fine to me when I last looked at it." I appreciate now when I look at it, it's it reads yeah. something different. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Um, but um, but at the time, <laughs> it was fine. Mm, mm. Um, or at the split second I saw it, it was fine. You know, suddenly I just suddenly they just yeah. You, know, you just see I just see words like God because of the last two years. Now I now I see the word. What do I see the word as? Um, vacancies all i see is vaccines <laughs> <laughs> oh i see yeah you just muddle the whole thing up yeah i mean again <laughs> I, I, I can only sort of say how i see words mm-hmm. and they just they just they just 
they quickly go, bloop, they go, bloop, and the words, the little letters just quickly move around. <laughs> uh, and then they, they stay, and then they might move again. Yes. And you go, yes. well, okay, well that, was, that, said, that said metal a minute ago, or a spit second ago, and now it says meal. It's like, well, there was a T in there a second ago. <laughs> and the words tend to do that for me, um, which is kind of weird. So, but I don't, know, I, I don't know whether that's weird or not. Maybe that's just absolutely no, normal. No, no, that I is a, a, it's a dyslexic trait to be able to... You tend to think in 3D and render everything as a 3D image in your head. But the, right. the prob- problem out with letters on a page is that they can flip around, turn around, go inside out and backwards as your brain sort of does the matrix-style 3D turnaround, which is why you can end up with the, as you put it, <laughs> all the words turn around and upside down. And Yeah. You yeah. imagine, well, kind of my experience is you, you see the word, sometimes you don't read, you'll read the word, but you read sort of the end and the beginning of it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, yes, I've, I've seen those posts and they go, if you can read this, you're a, you know, you're a genius or something. You're going, what do you mean? That's, that's yeah. how I read. That's yeah. <laughs> as long as the, the beginning and the end, yeah. roughly what I'm used to seeing as, as a symbol, yeah. um, then you can kind of, I think, I'd assume most people can get through that. But the fact these words are totally mixed up is that's, yeah, basically how, on occasion, mm, mm. But I, that's how I would see it. And I just go, that's probably that word, that's probably that word, that's probably that word. And you just get through it. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's always, and, and, but, you know, having not, having, having, A, that not being diagnosed for, you know, when I was a kid, mm. it's, and admittedly, and it, and it has, and it really has had no impact on me because mm. I just, it's just, all right, it's like, well, anything. I just happen to like a music, a certain type of music, because mm. but someone else won't. Well, that's just life. You just all have different views and different perspectives and everything. I kind of, I kind of understand that. So it was never, it's never really a massive problem for me. And and so and and so yeah. But uh, but and I, I think I've separated the idea. Well, I know I can't spell and words that words that weird every now and then. But I separate that completely from I really love wordplay. And I really love, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm also a songwriter, so I really love writing lyrics. Um, I haven't done that for a long time. So the fact that I can't, that, that, that uh, yeah, the, 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 the spelling of it or writing down a word and it, 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 it might be looking a bit weird every now and then, uh, I, that's quite, for me, I can e- easily separate that out. Because how I know. Do you, how do you find the word play? Because it, I really struggle with it. If I'm reading something with wordplay in it, it's kind of amusing, but I struggle to do it myself. So how how is the process for you? Um, uh, well, um, I guess I can only put it in, it's more of a, uh, what, what's, what's the wordplay? Uh, it's more as a challenge or a puzzle that I like to give myself. So let's okay. say, well, there, it'll be, so in my professional experience, and certainly in branding, you know, my my job is to come up with, with company names. So that's so that's that's a real massive wordplay thing I've got to sort out. Um, uh, obviously, I've got to do a logo, but the next thing I've got to do is come up with a company strap line. So out of the three things I've got to do, two of them are wordplay. Uh, so you know, sixty six percent of my job is is to deal with words. 
And so, but then on the lyric side of things as well, I guess the task that I, li- I like to set myself is it is dealing with things like take a, a, an idiom. If you've got, if you've got a subject, you go, well, the first thing I do is look up, look up all the idioms to do with that subject. Yes, yes. Because um, again, I, I just, I, I'm sure it's the same in every language. <laughs> but I'll pick two subjects, say for, for a company, um, uh, and no matter what those two, uh, let me let me think of um, a company that we've done some work for recently. Let's say I have a mattress company called Zest Rest. Um, so, uh, so my task then is go right. I've got to think of something. <laughs> so we've already got the word zest because we're talking about, about you know um, being a bit more alive after an after good night's sleep. Um, and then again, trying to think of the words. I mean, I, I came up with, like, I think, about 100, 100 different names of this company. Um, and then, but, but the brief helps us. So, so we end up with Zest. Definitely one of that thing. Obviously, so I like rhyming's good. So rest was good. It's great that the word rest rhymes with Zest because sleeping is about getting restful. So that's great. Um, but then I've now got to think of a strap line as well to help sum that, those two words up as well. So we come up with, with Wake Up Refreshed. Just rest, wake up refreshed. So uh-huh. it's like it, it scans, <laughs> it's got some rhythm to it, it rhymes. Yeah. Um, the word refreshed uh, bring, uh, adds on to the word zest and rest. And it's like, I've only got, I got some all this, I got some up a name of a company and the slogan in five words. And they've all got to kind of work together. But you know, that took a couple of days. Um, that's just one. I mean, that's that's one of many yeah. things. But it, it's kind of okay. You say so you go to the idioms, and what, what do you find with with zest? And you find all these things out. And what do you find with waking up? And you and it, and it always seems to me that, and I guess I, and I, I I do assume it works for every other language. But just um, no matter what the puzzle is, the English language will always have a word that's a double meaning, and it, and you'll find one word out of a thousand. That will mean will will mean or have a double meaning of the two things you want to bring together, and it's just finding that link. It's it's that puzzle I love solving, mm. <laughs> um, and to try and, and not to not to use the same word twice. I know, and it's the same in lyrics. I can't stand it when you, uh, the same word appears. Um, there's actually a, some software that you put so, put songs into, and it tells you where you've repeated. It. Because it's hard to see, read all, so it tells you where you repeat a word. You go, oh, I got to find another synonym for uh, a, a, a word, and, that, and that, again, that's what I like. So, you know, we were doing, we've just done a whole album on um, on um, seasons with, with a girl, and it's like we got sixteen songs here, and we got to talk about seasons. And it's like, you know, by by song two, you've you've up every single synonym you possibly have <laughs> for the word winter. Um, yes. But you've got another fourteen songs to go, um, so uh, yeah, it's so uh, maybe in answer to your question, it, it's giving yourself, giving myself that puzzle and that and that, that to solve and to try and get use these words that have double meanings or they're they're within an idiom somewhere, and you go ah right that that I could I could use that, um, or if we're going to use the word jump. Yeah, or, or opposites as well. We quite like doing opposites. So if we're going to use the word up in one line, we've got to use the word down for the next one. Um, um, or if we're going to use the word fast, we've got to use the word slow. 
Uh, so, but how do we do that, and how does it make sense? So it's just, it's just, yeah, it's rather than doing the crossword, I guess, that's laid out in front of you. I just create my own puzzles no, with, with lyric writing and just say, right, come on, you've got to solve this, um, and it's got to make sense, and but also yeah. it's got a rhyme, it's also yeah. got a scan, it's got to fit with a melody. Um, so there's loads, loads of levels of which these words are got right. So you've got to really sculpt the right amount of words. And that's, that's just, you know, I just, and which to me has nothing to do with dyslexia. It's just puzzle solving. Yes, but dyslexia is like solving puzzles. Well, yeah, so I don't, <laughs> I, yeah, yes. I mean, yes. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm really, I guess I, yeah, I only think that dyslexia is like what I've been told or yes. what, how I've been labeled is like, well, you can't spell. That's, that's like, that's where I, a lot uh, of the people I talk to, that, that's where they, that's where it's, starts and stops yes no the creative problem solver yeah, yeah, yeah. another thing levy to get with it so being you've applied that to working with wordplay and lyrics to make that work like what is the, this is challenging how do i get this all to come together uh, it's really interesting yeah. hearing how your brain it's not so worried about the language of it but more the cleverness of how i can make it all dance around and particularly with the lyric writing, as you mentioned, having a vocal melody has got to fit, it's got to make sense within the song and roll through. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. That's quite yeah. A, a tricky thing to get right. Yeah, but it, uh, I guess it's just the end goal is it just becomes so satisfying. I, I, I know the girls I write with, we just, when we could be there for half an hour working mm. on three words. <laughs> and, it's, and when we get it right, we go, oh my God! <laughs> like, ah, as if yeah. there, there was no other way of doing it. That that was the perfect solution. And that's really, well, for us to it's satisfying. I'm for other people, it's probably nothing, but <laughs> they, would have come up, they would have come up with it in seconds. But yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really quite satisfying. And I just, yeah, I just do love... Uh, I do love our language. I'm saying it's probably the same for every language. Yeah, uh, I don't know for sure, but no, I've no sounds idea. Like a reasonable I, assumption. <laughs> yes, I don't know how hard it is to write a song in German. You know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's an interesting palette of words to start with, isn't it? <laughs> so, I, I wanted to come back to circle back to you. you. Said your dad was on the board of direction of the Dorset Dyslexia Association. Yes, but he didn't. It hadn't noticed any dyslexia in yourself. How no. do you feel that? Well, I guess that's the 18-year gap between him, between me and my half-sister. Right, I see. Uh, with his second marriage. Okay. Um, so, um, and I, again, I'm guessing that in 1974, mm -hmm. it, when, yeah, when I was nine, yeah. um, I, again, you, you'll know the history. I don't know the history, but uh, how prevalent uh, or uh, were teachers trained to spot dyslexia in 1974? No, so what I was thinking really is I've had previous guests on who basically they find out they're dyslexic because their children get recognized oh. as being dyslexic and they suddenly realize the patterns in with them. So mm. thinking about your dad on the Dyslexia Association, sees it with your half sister. Yeah, and then like whether you, I thought maybe earlier on when I read that that actually you might start watching the same patterns yourself, but clearly it's just something you come out with. Well, I, I mean, I didn't, I didn't talk um, 
And it's not in a bad way. I mean, because I left home. So <laughs> when I was when I was left home at eight, oh, left home at nineteen. Right. Yeah, uh, my yeah. my half sister was two. Ah. Okay. Yes. okay so I got I on see. bang. Right. Yeah. So um. So uh, I, I can't see that there was. So I'm guessing Dad wouldn't have known. Wouldn't certainly wouldn't mean. I, I'm guessing he wouldn't be told by his, by the. Teachers, although actually something did crop up, which I'll um, see is now crossing my mind. Now I speak to you, <laughs> <laughs> so it's all unraveling now. Yeah, yeah, I'll be crying in a minute if you don't stop. Um, uh, so the one thing that did, yeah, so, um, yeah, come back to answer your initial question. So, yeah, the teachers wouldn't have told Dan at, at, at um, parent evening that, that um, they're worried that Jason might have dyslexia. That, Clearly didn't happen. What would have happened is that Jason's English isn't very good. Yes. I mean, we know that because I have don't have an English O level. Mm -hmm. yep. Couldn't do it. Now you'd yep. think that would stop me. That would stop me in my tracks in terms of further mm. education. Mm -hmm. um, but luckily, my art, and I'm trying not to be arrogant here, <laughs> my art was clearly good enough to uh, you have to have maths and English to go to uni. Yes. Well, I did yeah. I didn't. Um, you had to have three O levels, three O levels to get to uni. I only had one. Um, I didn't. I failed physics. I dropped out of business studies. I only had R O level, A level. But that got me got me uni. I didn't have English. Um, so, so we know we. I was bad at English. We don't. In those days, we didn't know why. Yeah, yes. I, I was just, I, I just, I was on the, you know, I mean, sorry to say this in front of your audience, but I was on the thick table, mm. um, and I couldn't spell and I couldn't write, and it was terrible. Um, so, I guess my dad didn't. So, so, so when uh, um, my Eloise went to school again, I don't know really the history. All I do know is that the family knows that Eloise is eccentric, and we know that because of that. That really um, got my dad interested in that, and um, and then he took up the role uh, of being on the board of Dorset. So he, I, he, I know he then didn't go. Ah, maybe Jason was this. Thing. I, I, we never had that conversation. And by the time my sister was in that system and was diagnosed when she was nine, eight, nine, ten, um, I was thirty and in Bristol, away from my family, and we never spoke about it. Yes, the dots just, it, the age gap is what really stops yeah. all the dots getting connected. Yes. yes. Yeah, that makes yes. sense, actually. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so that, I, 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 I think that's what happened. So, yeah, I'm, uh, but yes, that thing I just mentioned, that you have, I, what my dad, and I think more so my stepmom because my dad was working, she did organise extra English after school for me. Oh, okay. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I remember about it is that I was that I was reminded, and I'm sorry if Jan's listening, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't and, and I don't mean this don't mean this badly at all. I'm just I'm just recollecting, and I apologize, <laughs> and I will apologize now. I remember <laughs> being told that I was being ungrateful. Uh, for having those uh, uh, after-school English lessons. Well, I think my teacher was called Diane, if I remember rightly. And I, I, I guess I, I, I'm, I can't remember, it's such a long time ago, but I guess I must have resented it. Um, I think what I'm resenting is that I still found it difficult. 
Yes, yes. Uh, and I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually thinking about that as we speak. Mm, mm. Um, it could very well be rebelling because it's difficult, and what yeah. they're teaching you because they don't know, they don't know what the problem is. So no, speak, per se, but um, mm. you're still being taught a method that doesn't work for you. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, and I'm, that's what I'm realising right now. Live on it. Live on it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and then what I what I do know is what my biggest problem um, is my comprehension. Mm, okay. Um, <laughs> and this is why I've 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 only only started, I would say about five years ago, I started being able to read books. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, the, 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 that's the same with, my, same with my wife, Mandy. And again, another visually led person. We, we met at Poly. So we, we met at the same graphic design course. Ah, um, yes. uh, that well tried and tested method of meeting your wife. <laughs> hey. uh, Yes, <laughs> you were saying yes as if you were you 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 were knowingly you may have had experience with that. No, uh, no, I went to uni uh, in my late twenties. So everybody at my university was quite a bit younger than I was. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> right. Okay, a mature so that's, that's not how I met my mum. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Uh, um, yeah, I've lost my thread there. Yes, but comprehension. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. It was. And again, is this another wiring fault in my in my head? Is that is is retaining the information? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and but particularly in fiction. So I could never retain a story from one page to the next. And I've spoken to many people, and and they they have a, they've had a similar thing. They oh, I can't read books, and it's like you turn one page and you're going, "Who's Dave?" So, well, he was introduced on the last page. Mm. You go, yeah, I, I don't know who he is, and, and, and so the comprehension and, and the amount of comprehensions tests you have it in English at O level is quite ridiculous. Yes. Um, so yeah. it's like I can't, I can't, comp- yeah, it's weird because yeah, I can, I can comprehend things, <laughs> but I can't remember a storyline when it's in words. Yes, now, yes. A film or a comic, <laughs> yes, <laughs> or an audiobook. Well, I certainly listen to a lot of podcasts now. I don't, I haven't listened to um, audiobooks. I know a lot of people do, certainly in their cars, but I haven't got a CD player in my car, so I must have got to try and hook my phone up. But yeah, so I listen to podcasts because I tend to work at the computer. Um, yeah, yeah. When I, if, if it's not, if it's not, if there's nothing too taxing on my brain, I can do some work and listen to a podcast at the same time. If yeah, I have yeah. to creatively think, I can't do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if I'm doing some, ma- some manual, just coloring something up or doing a drawing, then I can I can listen to a podcast at the same time. Yeah. So it was that. It, yeah. So so these things are slowly building up and going. Ah, yeah. Right. I can't do that. Oh, that's weird. When that looks and suddenly I can't spell it. And suddenly I can. Suddenly that says vaccines. Next minute it says vac- It says vacancies. Or there's a, there's a there's a T in the middle of meal. And it says metal, and it's then it says meal. Um, I can't comprehend stuff. Yeah, it, it, these all it all slowly goes right. Ah, that's what's wrong with me. Or I'll, I'll, and I put that in air quotes for the people listening. Because <laughs> um, uh, then you go, well, actually, you look it up, and you go look at all the people who are dyslexic. You know, the famous, mm-hmm. you know, Einsteins and Bransons of, of the world, and you go, 
Oh, that's fair enough. I don't mind. Yeah. I don't mind being in that club. That's <laughs> good company to be in. It's good company to be in. Uh, and I, I, I think, I, and and now I do think that my profession works so much better because of my the way my brain's wired up. Yes, that brings me nicely to your profession oh, okay. and brand builders. Um, so. Obviously, in 1996, you, you started your company, The Flint, yeah. which focused on building brands, which yeah. I imagine brands are important in 96, but they're getting even more and more important in the modern times, would you think? Or it seems like that to me on social media anyway. Uh, I, I, guess it de- um, it, I guess it depends on what anybody f- describes or has an idea of what, the, what brand means to them. Mm-hmm. There's a whole, whole chapter in my book about, you know, what is a brand? And you ask 15 people and I'll give you 15 different answers. Well, they'll mainly say the logo, yes. which, is, which is the biggest wrong answer you could get. Um, so, yeah, so people, so people say, yeah, if they know I'm doing, if, I'm, you know, if I go to a network event or something and they go, uh, and they know I'm the brand guy, they go, oh, do you have a look at my brand? And they show me their business card and they show me their logo. Hmm. And and then I I, I mass, yeah I go well, that's really nice, but uh, but what does your business stand for? What's what's your promise to your customer? Um, what's your value? What's your what's your values? Because that's what the brand is. Your logo is something to help a customer remind you of the experience of the brand. So yes. so yes, brands. Uh, but then again, you know, Sainsbury's will say they will brand match your detergent. For, for Asda's, you go, well, that's got nothing to do with what I've just said. No, but no. some people will say that, say a box of detergent is, 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 a, is a cheaper brand. Mm. Well, well, that, well, then, therefore, you mean a brand is a product then. Um, but then you'll go, well, okay, um, uh, David Beckham is a brand, mm. especially when you start selling whatever he sells, <laughs> aftershave or something. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Ivy sells. That, yeah, again, that, the, the trouble with celebrity branding is that they'll 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 put their name to twenty different brands, and you go, "Well, that's completely diluted." I can't believe you. Then, if 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 you're saying this this product's great, but so these other nineteen products, well, then yes. you yes. you've you've diluted everything you just said. So that's a load of rubbish. That's just you're just trying to get make as much money as possible. But that, but in that case, so a, so a personality is a brand, and so it goes on. So. It, these days, so many things can be misconstrued as a brand when mm. people actually mean a product or a person and a company, uh, and so it goes on. So, brand is, I think the word brand is banded about a lot more. I don't feel that it's any more important than it's ever been. Because the whole, I, the, the whole, but I do think companies need to be far more. Uh, they they need to demonstrate what they stand for a lot more. I don't think you can get away with what you used to be able to get away with as a company anymore. I think right. the, I think I think the consumers are going you know, because of the internet, because of social media, because of access to information. And again, I mean, I try not to be too political here, but like even the past two years, the governments don't seem to realise there's a thing called the internet where you can find things out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll say something and you just quick, 
Well, that's clearly not true. Whereas you couldn't do that before 20 years ago. No, definitely not. So companies could say what they want. Um, and that's why we had to bring in things like advertising standards. As like, you know, you say, yeah, back in the days when doctors were um, saying how good uh, you know, cigarettes were for you. <laughs> Um, in advertising terms, um, yeah. so you just you just can't do things like that anymore. No. So the, the whole movement with um, the the green movement, sustainability, and all that sort of stuff, you can say these things, but now, if that's your actual, if your brand is, and, and what I mean by that, so if this company stands for these things, these values, or this promise to your customer. Um, then you really have to demonstrate it. Uh, the great, the great thing that's just happened on the on the International Women's Day, where the company was, um, you get a company saying, oh, "We support Women's International Day," and they quickly did a, um, a research on the pay gap of that company, um, and, and, and posted it straight. As soon as someone put a poster about trying to pretend they're they're interested in women, and they quickly did a, did a quick search on them saying, but how, so how come your pay gap's 23%? So you can't, you can't, you can't lie anymore. You can't lie as easily. So that's, that's all I think hopefully is, is shifting um, the whole, the whole idea of branding is that we, we have to be more authentic about what we're selling and and we have to demonstrate it on a daily basis, which is kind of what I talk to my clients at a much smaller scale. Um, yeah, like yeah. Okay, if you say you're going to do this, especially with strapline, the strapline is really the uh, in in essence it, it is is the most visual um, promise that you're going to get. So if you say something like Jeanette says, it's the best a man can get. Is it? Because if it's not, then you're off brand. It's, yes. qu- it's, it's quite easy to stay on brand. You just yeah. you just got to you just got to keep keeping your promise. Um, now the most the most visual is that is your strapline. Now, um, so you just got to demonstrate that. So if you start spouting these these promises, bigger promises about pay gaps and uh, and about sustainability and your green credentials and all that sort of thing, then just demonstrate it, and and then your customers will stick with you mm. um, and, and they, will, they will buy into, not just from you, anyone can, anyone can buy from you, usually if you're cheap enough and the products, it's, it's a very generic thing and you just need a you know, bar of soap or whatever <laughs> yeah. or a toilet, a toilet roll. As long as you're cheap enough, I'll buy it. <laughs> if, especially with brands, the brands are supposed to be a bit more expensive than the generic um, yes. Yeah. So, so why are you more expensive, and why do you want me to to buy from you? Well, you, I don't. I don't want you to buy from me. I want you to buy into me, and that's the difference between say growing a business and building a brand. I got to. I got to get my customers to buy into what I'm doing, uh, and my philosophies, and my beliefs, and how I treat my customers. Um, so if you if you did, if you need to do a bit more about that, then you have to charge a bit more because you've got a lot more things to sort out, and you've got you've got to really have a really good customer service. So therefore, you've really got to train your employees. So it, that that will take more money to to have that kind of get, build that environment, build that culture, uh, and then keep your employees because they got to buy into the same philosophy as well. 
Mm. And you've got to treat them nicely. So that all costs money. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. so yeah. Um, so if, but if you're willing to pay for that, and you're willing to pay because you, you, you're, you're not going to get that down, and you share the beliefs, and that company's authentic, then, yeah, that side of branding, I think, is what's important now, as opposed to it might not have been as important because you could get away with a bit less, or you can get away with a bit more 30, 40 years ago. And how did you shift from doing graphic design on early computers into focusing more on branding than just being a logo and a designer, really? Well, that was, it was interesting. Um, what it was, it was a few years into it. I would say about, let's try and think, yeah, about, about, about seven, eight years into the, into the graphic design side of things when I started. I mean, there's a whole other thing I was doing. I was doing music at the same time, but we'd have to talk about that. The interface between doing the work and and uh, the customer, certainly banging out a logo or a I mean, in those days, it was banging out a logo or even a leaflet or a, you know, a business card. It was very kind of low-key stuff. So you do it, you do the work, you'd assume that the, the customer liked it because you got paid a month later. <laughs> and it wasn't, there wasn't too much interaction. I think in most yeah. businesses, you only hear from the customer when it's gone wrong. Uh, potentially, yes. <laughs> really. Because, um, uh, you know, if you're doing your job, that's, that's what they're paying for. You don't expect anything more praise. Wow, you actually did your job? That's fantastic, <laughs> isn't it? That's, that's, that's the entry level. Just do your job. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we'll pay you. Um, that wasn't particularly fulfilling, uh, I found after mm. a certain period of time. And there's also a point at which the customers were uh, kind of disagreeing with some of my advice, um, which doesn't stop. I mean, I'm not saying it's any better now. <laughs> no, it's certainly not, certainly not worse. But you, you say, well, hang on, I might kind of know. What I, it was five, seven years in the business, and so maybe I didn't, I wasn't, that, I've, I've been nine years employed. I was a creative director uh, for nine years. So, um, I kind of knew what I was doing. I'd already had nine years before I started my own business. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I've got some experience. I kind of know what I'm doing. So, please, as you're paying for my advice, do you want to, you should really take it. Um, but I, I don't know. It, 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 was, it, was a, it was a funny period of time. Maybe it was mid, mid, well, midlife crisis, is more like, was I, you know, I, I had my kid by then. Uh, Dan. So yeah, it was about 2004, 2005, something like that. So what I so what I decided to do is um, uh, become an, an African drum facilitator, um, and do <laughs> as you do, as you yeah. as one does, <laughs> Matthew. Yeah. Um, I thought I, I'm I'm not getting literally I'm not getting what I want out of this life, uh, being spirit spiritually fulfilled and not being that massively creatively fulfilled. Um, so as a hobby, I mean, also I kept the business going, but I met, I met someone and we, we started up a part-time business when I could, so on weekends and nights. Basically team building, corporate team builds, icebreakers um, with African djembes. So, uh, and up to, you know, I, I, quite good because we, 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 uh, I think the biggest one we did was about 500 to about 500 people. All, we gave them all the drum. Um, we had that many drums. Uh, and we did a breaker for uh, Sky TV in Edinburgh. 
Um, that was one of my biggest gigs. I would do loads of festivals. And what was fantastic about that was the immediate human interaction. Uh, and, and the fact that I would do something with a drum. Well, I'd, <clears throat> probably not me, actually. As a facilitator, you stand in the middle of a circle. They're called drum set, community drum circles. So you right. have a whole... Uh, I'm describing this, and, and of course, the audience can't see what I'm doing. Drawing so, a circle. <laughs> so there's a whole, there's a whole bunch of people in a circle, and there's one person in the middle who will then facilitate. Now, we teach... We, I'd, I'd, I'd facilitate, and, and all it is is starting off a very simple rhythm on one side of this circle, and then start another rhythm on the other side of the circle and get the two sides interacting with each other. Um, very simple, ba, 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 and ba, ba, ba. So they just, just uh, and maybe something else, ba, 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 ba. So they, they, they call and respond is what, what's called in our, in our language. Um, and and then, then do it in quarters. So there's four things going on, et cetera, et cetera. So what, and, and you do simple commands, like saying, get louder, Get quieter. It's quite easy stuff. So then we get someone, and then we pick on spot well, pick. We'd, we'd, we'd worked out by then who, who was really enthusiastic and who's, who, who's not. And then say, do you want to go? And get them in the middle. And they would, they just learn what we did. Very simple. And they do it. And just, if you're in the middle of a circle with 300 drums, it really, it's really quite energetic. Yeah, and it's quite, imagine. very powerful. Um, uh, uh, and just all those frequencies and that, that energy and that the amount of air that's moving is fantastic. Um, there's one thing with drumming um, called entrain not called entrainment, um, which is a natural phenomenon, and and you can see it on um, on on YouTube where they put out of sync metronomes, mm-hmm. and then eventually all the metronomes yeah. eventually follow each other. Yes, yeah, seen that. Well, that is a natural phenomenon called entrainment, and it's all to do with frequencies just pushing off each other. And so, any so enough people in a drum circle will drum brilliantly, and you hand you basically you hand that power over to them, saying, "Look how fantastic you lot are at drumming, and you've never drummed in your lives." Especially when we eventually get six different rhythms going, and they're going, "I can't believe I'm doing this." So usually, with that, we would go, "So what else do you think you can do in your life?" you didn't think you could do so that, I mean, that's kind of why we brought in so is, is, is to get those communication skills the leadership skills going and the creative skills going that was the the team building side of it and and that so i got my spiritual investment on there i've got my creative spirit investment i've got my immediate human contact which i love and i thought well that's so much better than graphic design so but <laughs> but and it, 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 it kind of it kind of paid a few bills so I, I lost that. I mean, I mean basically, I said, we, I, I agree. We did that for five years. And I sort of said, right, okay, it's time for split up. My, my, the business partner at the time wanted to go push it in a different direction. I said, I'll go back to graphic design, but I won't. I said, I need, I need to offer a lot more than knocking out a leaflet. So since 90, yeah, since 96 or even before that, there's a very, for me, there's a very different pathway between graphic design and, and brand strategies and brand development. So it seemed, and I'm, I'm not trying to be hurtful here, but a graphic, as I found out, a graphic designer basically was there to artwork the client's idea. Whereas a branding person is like, this is what you're going to do, client, because I know best. 
I'm not taking any nonsense. <laughs> um, and I'd yeah, so within that, I go, okay, well, I'm going to, I can offer you so much more value. Um, so, you know, so now I can, now I will name your company and I'll do all the research that is needed for that. Not only will I do that, I will, um, I eventually, um, I can now guarantee that that name, logo, or strapline will get a trademark if you um, applied for one, because we now have a 100% track record of that, because we know what we're doing. So, so that's offering a client a huge amount more value and a demonstrated experience way of doing that. I, I can prove that that you will get you will get a trademark. Um, that's one of our USPs. Uh, you can't up against anybody else, especially likes of if you try to find a logo online, they can't. No one can offer that. And and, and therefore sitting down with them, and then okay, so how am I going to interact with these? customers a lot more so I then start talking to their employees and get that real good face-to-face interaction with their employees so I say talk to the directors and they go okay, this is what your vision is this is where you want the company to go okay this is what your values are right can I just go and find out if the, if, the, if your employees know any of that because I don't think they do. <laughs> so let's chat to them as well. Let's, yes, let's, yes. let's interview them. Let's go. Let's yeah. put them through a few processes. I've got, I can't, I can't, I've got my own um, process to find out people's values. Let's see if they match up with, with the leaders. Um, and then talk about what, how you're going to demonstrate these values. <clears throat> um, and as we, we were mentioning earlier, Definitely, what are your actions going to be? What is your promise to your customer? How are you going to demonstrate that promise on a daily basis? How are you going to do that for your marketing? So, yeah, we're just offering load more value, load more experience, load more guidance. And for me, a lot more interaction with all the employees, which I really love, uh, especially in the retail uh, high street side of the the markets. Um, I really love doing that. Um, because it's so the interaction between an employee and a customer over you know getting a coffee is so crucial to get right um yes that, yeah. so that's that's yeah. what really sort of so I really worked out how to just immerse myself a bit more in a business and helping a more helping a business especially in Bristol um we do keep very small and you know, just help small businesses and startups. So I just got a lot more out of it and it's a lot more fulfilling. Occasionally a client would tell me what to do. And uh, we kind of say, well, we're, I don't think we're the agency for you. <laughs> no, no. And it, I'm not imagining, as you've mentioned before, with the creative side and all the, the trying to problem solve wordplay and all that comes together. And now you're almost problem solving how to create brands of people, aren't you, where you're dealing with talking to the employees, understanding customer interactions and getting everything aligned. Yeah. I mean, no no business owner owner should, should be able to know any of this. Um, Most, most businesses I come in contact with get to us or get referred to us when they're about five years down the line. Not very often we do startups because there's, there's 10, there's sticking blocks with, money and stuff like that. But sometimes people will start up a new business having been in business, so they're okay. Um, but they've, they've, mm. they've, you know, most, a lot of business owners we work with have, have got an idea, they're passionate about it, they do it, uh, and then, then they realise they then have to be the accountant and the bookkeeper and the HR director and all this. And it's like, they just get sort of deflated by all these other things that 
that takes them away from the very reason they started the business. And why should they know about any of that? And they could, and they really don't know about what a branding strategy is. Uh, that's what I don't think people ever get taught about that. You kind of know what a business plan is, and you kind of know what marketing is. It's like doing is that like doing a leaflet or something, or putting up a putting a post in social media. But when you say what, what's the first what's the first three things you should do when you're developing a brand strategy? People, I've I've never had an answer. The correct answer yet in the twenty odd years I've done it because um, they just don't know. And they will say uh, <laughs> a logo. Yeah. Yes, I was just yeah. saying logo given to my head. Yeah. Like, logo, 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 logo scheme, name, yeah. color scheme, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, and they're going uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. No. <laughs> let's let's sit down and 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 no, yeah, of course you shouldn't. You should, there's no reason why you should know that. But this is this is yeah. So solving all that. But it's more like, okay, if that's what you want for this business, and that's what you, that's, yeah, that's why, you want, that's why you're in business. That's what's motivated you to do this sort of thing. Um, let me just work out the best way to make you, make your business successful in my way. Obviously, there are other, other things that make business successful. It's not just a good logo. There is plenty of other things. There's plenty of reasons why of I've course, got business yes. goes down. That's yeah, because yeah. I've got bad branding, a bad logo. Um, yeah, there's many other reasons, but in the in the way I can help, um, and it's I was asked this today it's, at the at the uh, talk at college. It's what do you, they go? Well, what do you what, what do you do? And it's like saying, well, I do branding because that doesn't help anybody. <laughs> so uh, my 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 main yeah. job is to create loyal <laughs> customers. That's my main job. Because um, yeah. um, if you haven't got loyal customers and they're just going to come to you because you're. Just, They'll just go anywhere because for the cheapest, I got to create them. So why? It's, mm. it's, that's the task. Got to find the right customers. Yes. Got to make sure that they're loyal to you, and that they then tell their friends how good you are. Now they can only do that if you are good. <laughs> and then the other, the other really, the other thing is to, is to. So that's that's more like the the underlying strategy is how do we create that loyalty? And it's not because of your name. No one, no one goes to a company just because of the name. Or they don't. They don't not go because of the name. Um, they go for many other things, um, but also on 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 the visual side of things, the, the brand identity. Um, we do have to create a name, a logo, and a strap line that will be absolutely distinguished from the competition, and that is quite hard. But that's that's, that's our job. That's and that's what we can guarantee, and we can we can um, get a trademark and protect you. Um, from people who are then trying to scam off you and trying to do a similar name with similar color scheme, um, and then try and trade off your goodwill. Yeah, well, we'll come up with, with an identity that's so unique that we can trademark it and then tell them to stop trading. Yeah, Inter interesting. A lot of dynamic thinking coming into play there, isn't it? Trying to navigate all that space and understand what the brief is, what the customer wants. What they think they want versus what they yeah yeah want and need. Very different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> bang on, bang on. Yeah, lots of good dyslexia traits coming in there. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I, the, the big, the, the biggest thing for me is 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 the diet. The I, I try and sort of say that I. I mean, the customers come to you and say they, they, they we need we we want to think differently about this. We want to think outside the box. In my I go really because your outside the box is very different from mine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, it's quite funny. It's always quite funny when they say that. 
so I, I, I come up with things outside the box and they go, ooh, we didn't mean that far side out of the side of the box. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, welcome to my life where I've spent no time oh, well, in okay, the box. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's kind of that thing, isn't it? Where like, they're like, let's think inside, outside the yeah, box. You're like, like, well, I've never been in the box. Tonight. Outside the box, that's <laughs> my starting point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, why, Point, why, I yes, would, why yes, would I start yeah. inside a box? <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I just wouldn't do that. Yeah. So there's yeah. lots of, yeah. The I mean, good, now you've you've kind of you know tapped into a few things that, I've, that we said. There's the the the, pu- the puzzle solving things. It's the um, there's, there's three there's three ways I that <clears throat> I, I people with brains wired like mine. Um, Think is is um, well. A, we got to think differently, and we get that. Um, but uh, yeah. the next thing yeah. we got to think divergently, mm-hmm. then associatively, and then finally convergently. So, so I, I would say all those three things right. cover the word different. So yeah, so I, I got to think divergently first, mm-hmm. then then associatively, uh, and then then at the very last minute, which is like could be days later, could be a week later, is start convergently. Whereas most people will go, I've got an idea. No, that's bad. You go, whoa, 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 whoa. Can we just explore that idea for like three days? Yes. And they're going, no, that's the wrong, that's yes. the wrong answer. Yes. They go, no, 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 no. That's not how my brain works. I'll, I'll have an idea and 20 mm-hmm. others. That's the divergent mm-hmm. thing. Okay. And then, right. What's, what, what can we associate? And this is where that wordplay thing is. Okay. So we have the word, that word, whatever that word is. Now, what other words are in the same semantic field as that word? What, what can we associate with that word? Other than the, you know, I know we're designing an estate agent's logo <laughs> and all you can think of is a house for a logo, but I can't do that. <laughs> a, because if I come up with a logo yeah. that's a house, I can't protect that by trademark because all your competition have houses for logos. Because mm-hmm. to people who don't think like I do, because that's my job, to think that that's what you'll come up with. So I can't do that. Professionally, I can't, I won't be doing my job if I give you the same logo as somebody else. I have to think of yes. something else. Yes. Yes. And I can't do it like that. Yeah. I gotta think, right, house, go. And you go uh, uh, door, uh, window, uh, welcome mat, chimney, um, garden, uh, garden and, and you go on. And then you go, right, then every single one of those yes, words, yes. you go, okay, garden, now what? Uh, plants, uh, dirt, leaves, tree, garden swing, um, a, a paddling pool, um, a lovely summer um, uh, with, with birds tweeting, uh, and you and you just more and more. Okay, go further. What else can you associate? Well, birds tweeting. Uh, uh, um, I don't know uh, worms. Uh, and you just keep going. Um, but but yes, the clock yes. can't go on. No, it needs to be a house. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going. No, no, no. A worm. <laughs> a worm's good. <laughs> yes, yes. When you said a house and estate agent, I instantly thought of a famous estate agent brand. Well, okay, there's, the a, it's there's a good one, in, but there's one in Bristol called <laughs> Elephant. Yeah, and it's like right. interesting. And what and what's, what the it does and and the weird <laughs> thing is they're quite they're successful. And the weird thing is is that who cares? 
no one cares. And, that, and that's the biggest, that's the biggest stumbling block that we have of customers who'll come up with a name or a logo, especially a name. Um, and again, our job is to come up with an original name. And when I mean original, like a word that has never, ever been uttered or written in history. <laughs> now, parts of those words might be, so like Netflix was never uttered until Netflix came up with the word Netflix. Now, the word net, yes, and the word yes. flicks, yes. <laughs> but the fact that you've yes. got, yes. Yes. You know, they could have been called Cineweb. It's the same thing. Yes. No, but you don't know that because you're just used to Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and you say to your customer, are you happy with the word Netflix? Yes. Were you happy the day you heard it? Yes. Okay. So when I give you original name, why are you scared to death of it? It's because you've never heard of it. And people, uh, most people, uh, don't rec- well, are uncomfortable with originality because they've never seen it. And, and then I demonstrate, they go, well, were you happy with Netflix or Pinterest or Groupon or Microsoft or yeah, all these made-up words? And they're going, yeah. I go, well, you've just answered your own question then. It's going to be fine. <laughs> are you happy buying a house from Elephant? It's fine. Well, people in Bristol were happy buying a, buying a house from Elephant. It doesn't matter. As long as that company does what they say they're going to do, um, they've demonstrated their difference and they don't let you down. And now you've got a name that's going to distinguish them from everybody else that you're going to remember. We've done our job. Yeah. yeah. I, by the way, I didn't, we didn't come up with Elephant. That's mm. somebody else. Um, but, no, no. So, okay. um, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's the point. People are just terrified of originality. That's the way I say, you know, my, my outside of the box is very, very different from yours. Yours is just lifting the lid up a little bit and putting it down again. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I think that gets me to um, starting to round out this podcast. Now, at the end of each podcast, I ask three rapid fire questions. They don't need quick answers from you. They're just quick questions from me. Yes. So the first one is, what prejudice did you have about dyslexia that has been proven wrong? Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the, the prejudice that I was familiar with, I didn't, didn't put it on myself, the prejudice would be that there's something wrong with you and it's not, and it's not right. What I've, I haven't even taught myself. I'm going, thank God I'm dyslexic. Because there's no way I could do my job if my brain was wired differently than it is now. So I'm going, oh, that's, I mean, I, I couldn't, with that thinking differently thing, because I can, I can jumble things up quickly um, and, and go off at a tangent really, really quickly. And I can associatively think and divergently think really quickly. It's like, thank God, because I wouldn't be able to do my job. So yeah, so, so I hope that answers the question. Yeah, no. Any answers valid for that? It's it's, it's your your answer to have, and uh, but now it's a really interesting answer. Nicely ties together some of the stuff we spoke about during the episode. Okay, my second question is: If an alien came down, how would you describe dyslexia to them? Right. <laughs> uh, we are presuming they can speak English. Um, yeah, yeah. I, could, I don't know. They'd have to want. Well, yeah, so I'm. I'm afraid I'm going to deflect that because my brain is now going. 
well, I'd have to assume they understand that concept because <laughs> they might not even they might not even have language. So yeah, so I've watched mm. too many sci-fi films. <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm on the uh, the uh, old school alien that somehow is able to communicate with you via English, kind of alien. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm deflecting the question and being going too deep. How would I? How, how would I? I can only I can only describe it as if you show me some words. If you show me your language, when you read your language, sometimes that language could read differently with every second. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the only way I can describe what I see. It could be very different to someone else, but but I will see words, um, and every now and then. They, they will come alive and quickly swap. So it's so the, the the page in front of you will just become alive and and decide decide it's it's something else. Yes, yes, uh, that's that's a good description. I think yes. <laughs> the final question is podcast. And seeing as this is the dyslexia life hack show, what is your favourite dyslexia life hack? Oh, spell check. Nice. <laughs> I guess spell check and um, yeah, I, I guess early on it's just like sorry, I didn't. Yeah, so I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't catch that. I must have read yeah. it too quickly, or it didn't sink in, or yeah, or I would just play. I said, yeah, it's well known that that I that, I, that my comprehension is bad. So yeah, I didn't catch that. But mm. yeah, these days it's just it's it, well, it's, well, professionally, we have to we have to proofread each other's work. Yes, I mean this is the whole reason you got in contact with, really, wasn't it? Yes, on that post, it's like yeah, the yeah. the apprentice post is like, how on earth could they have spelled Arctic wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Why is three or four people in one team like one or two missing it? But everybody, come on. Yeah, well, no, and that's <laughs> and it's the same. The same has happened this 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 week as well. I've done another post about the um, the uh, first time foodies. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's some. I can't watch The Apprentice because it's painful. Because oh, I can't work out why these people. Just don't see it. Well, because it's because it's an entertainment program and the production company's in charge of it. So, right, I, so right. someone someone said they knew the people in the production company, and it's like it's so more rigged than you'd think. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's an entertainment program, and people like people people like seeing people become being idiots. Um, so it's really unfair. <laughs> it, it is. It's really unfair. Yeah, yeah. It is. Yeah, un- yeah. It is slightly unfair. So um, yeah. So that's that's usually um, yeah. But these days, the, the the professional hack is right. Someone else in the team has to proofread everything I've written, even when I, even after I spell checked it because I spell check it. The spell check doesn't pick up uh, homonyms. Um, so yeah, because the word well uh, of instead of off or whatever. It's like well, spell check says well they're both spelled right, so they're not going to pick up a lot of stuff. Yeah, we have to yes. so professionally we have to proofread it. But my my hack, yeah. actually my hack is like my wife. Just you you read it because you know damn well I'm not going to do it properly. So oh, yeah, so I, I kind of own it. It's like yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I've, I, I can do other things. You don't have to be great at everything. Uh, yes, yeah, it, that that is important, isn't it? That you're strong at some things, weaker at others. Yeah. And actually, you surround yourself with a network that helps you help them with their weak points, and they help you with yeah. yours, and we all build better things. Yeah, we just yeah, just do just lean into what you're good at. And don't don't yeah. beat yourself up just because you can't do something. It's like it's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. Okay, um, before we sign off, is there anything else you'd like to add? 
Oh, um, hint. Shamelessly promote your book. Oh, shamelessly promote my book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really bad at it. I, I advise other people how to market themselves, but I'm not really good at doing it myself. Um, uh, well, uh, the, the, the two things, yes. Okay. Um, well, funny you should mention, Matthew. <laughs> um, as, as Well, you did mention earlier on I, in the intro that I do have a book. So there is a book out called From mm-hmm. Brand to Brand, which you can buy on uh, any Amazon website. Uh, and you can get it on Kindle as well. Um, but that is that was a combination of me well, going, there has to be a way of affordably creating decent brands and not having all these mistakes being made. So mm. rather than me charging you five grand, just get a book for a tenner. It really, mm. that, that's, that's about the cheapest branding strategy I can develop. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. so yeah. So, just type in "from bland to bland" by Jason Flinter, um, and have a look at that. But the other thing is, yeah, don't. Um, the other tip is, yeah, don't beat yourself up. Yeah, you're great at loads of things, so you can't mm. spell <sighs> whatever. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Jason, for taking the time to come on and talk to me today. It's been quite good fun, actually. Really interesting and really surprising where it went, actually. At points, wasn't it? What? Okay. <laughs> well, yes. Well, you tapped into a few things I didn't even realise. So, so, yeah, so thank you for that. I'm gonna, I wish I could cool. talk to my dad. He's not with us anymore, but um, oh. I could go back to him saying, Oi! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, well, I want to thank everybody else for taking the time to listen, and I will catch you lot in the next episode. Goodbye for now. Thanks very much. <laughs>